Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. My guest today, you have seen on Disney's Lab Rats, American Crime Story, Marvel's The Runaways, and more recently, the Netflix movie, You Are My Home, just to name a few. She's currently in Canada filming her latest project, but I'm lucky that I got to snag her for a few minutes to have a conversation with me, the beautiful and talented Miss Angel Parker. Angel, thanks for joining me today. And I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we figured it out, girl. I know. <laughs> I know. Technology. I know. It's like, let's figure it out. Let's get it done. Well, you know, the whole world's been on Zoom. <laughs> I know. We had big plans. Didn't we have plans last year? Big oh, plans. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, true. We were going to do it all. So I, I, I'm glad you said that because I'm curious how things shifted in your life over the last year? You know, was there anything that you thought you were going to do, but actually was a blessing that it was taken away because of the pandemic? Because I know for me personally, there were a lot of things that kind of came, um, just came to came to fruition in different ways or made me realize, oh, maybe that's not what I want, or I want to like kind of reshift kind of what my, my journey is. So for you, how has the last year treated you? Well, girl, um, <laughs> it's been... <laughs> It's been it's been a journey. I mean, we all had to adapt and adjust, right? So I live in Los Angeles. I live mid-city. So all my both of my kids, my son was a freshman in high school, my daughter was in second grade, and it just all shut down. So her first Holy Communion was canceled. My son was now home doing high school. Um, and he got into this fantastic school that he had worked so hard to get into. And we were just, boom, all home. And I was shooting a pilot. I was actually up here in Vancouver shooting a pilot for NBC, my first like big network pilot, like great job playing a scientist, smart woman on TV. It was exactly smart woman of color on television. It was exactly what I wanted to, to be doing and finished my role and flew back home. And as I'm flying back home, I'm in the airport and we're already hearing a little bit about this COVID thing. We're not sure. We heard more about Wuhan than we knew, you know, more than yeah. <laughs> um, a rap song, you know, but we, um, I was in the airport flying home and I'd gotten there early to get my global entry. You know, I had all my paperwork ready. I was like, oh, I'm about to be fly coming up and down and sitting in the airport. I'm looking at the news, CTV, Canada TV, and Tom Hanks got it. And you remember when Tom Hanks got yeah, it and, then, yeah. and Justin Trudeau's wife, the, the prime minister of Canada's wife got it. And I remember being in the airport like, because oh, I had my turtleneck. We were kind of joking. No one was wearing masks yet. Like you were saying, having your child, like we, we didn't quite know. You didn't know if that was too much or what it was. And, and then we got back and two days later, March 13th, the world shut down. The pilot shut down, like no, nothing got completed. I mean, it was... My husband was supposed to go back to Vancouver to shoot a couple more episodes of The Flash. They ended their season early. So all of a sudden it was just silence, like no work, no nothing, trying to get paid, trying to all these things. So we were kind of, it shifted. You know, my husband was testing for a pilot. The, the, the test got canceled. All these things happened that we were just like, okay, this is real. And now we're home. And um, we adjusted, we adapted getting, you know, we're blessed to have a, a, a house with a front and backyard. Um, our neighbors decided to do construction. That did not, that did not go over very well with me. I'm like, we are in quarantine. What are you doing? Why are we, they had to take my fence down. I'm like, what are we doing? Oh my gosh. So we had a lot going on and we lost, you know, a lot. I mean, a lot of people lost a lot. They canceled the Olympics for goodness sake, you know, so we weren't the only ones to lose things, but it felt like a lot at once. And so then all of a sudden we just had time we were just home and getting through it. We, we moved my daughter to a smaller school. We 
all the things because the Zoom boxes uh, were not working for her um, uh, just to have fewer Zoom boxes. It was still at home homeschooling. So it was rough, but we got through it. I, I ended up shooting a commercial in the house um, because wow. at the very beginning, yeah, I did a Geico commercial where they dropped off all the equipment. This is early COVID. This is like late May, maybe early June wow. where everything was shut down and they dropped off equipment at the front porch. We wouldn't even bring it in, wouldn't even load it inside. Um, and we so shot you were your own production team. Basically, yeah. They paid my husband to be like the onset tech. And they were very great about it. I mean, it was Geico, it was top of the line. So they had everything labeled, but it was a real camera. It was real lights. It was wardrobe and hair over, oh, you know, wow. Zoom and them dropping. Like it was, it's funny because now they've figured out production a little bit more and te like testing wasn't available back then. Nothing, you know, we weren't doing it. We didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So it was interesting to do a job in COVID like that. And then slowly things started to come back after the summer, slowly work started to come back and things started to go, but but to lose that. and then that, that, that pilot never completed and, and now it's back and now they've moved on. They replaced me with a local hire down in Australia. The show moved to Australia. So back to your original question, like that job, which I thought I lost and was you know devastated when I found out that they were gonna shoot it in Australia without me. But then I would be in Australia right now, you know, and um and doing a role that would have been great, but now I'm now you know God bless me with another role, still a smart black woman on a on a network show, yeah. just different, just a different network, um, and I'm here in Vancouver. And yes, I do have to do the quarantining, and, and I'm away from my family. You can't fly back and you can't fly back and forth. So when you do commit to a job, you're committing to a job. Um, but 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 things will get better. Things will will move forward. So that was sort of a blessing in disguise, where I was like, oh wow, I got. I lost a show, but I gained another one. Yeah. I got this year at home. So now if I'm going to be gone for a long time, gone for two months, essentially for this one pilot, I've gotten so much time with my family, so much time with my kids. Uh, those first couple of days, I was living my best life, just nice and chill, sleeping, taking baths. <laughs> I was good. But, you know, of course, I miss them desperately now. Um, and, uh, and, and we're making it work. We're making it work. And I, and I will go home but the back and forth and how much the business has changed just in one year and figuring out how to self tape and setting up a self tape studio. And my, I mean, my back house or, you know, garage converted back house now is a fully functioning self taping studio yeah, you know, yeah. wall painted. We got light, we got professional lights. We've got, a, you know, a friend of ours is a DP. He came over and helped told us what to buy. My artist friend painted the wall four times. Like we had oh to get the gosh. color right. Um, get the sound right. You know, we were using a fancy camera and now we're just on an iPhone, you know, so, figuring it all out. And, um, and that's now a, a good way to help our, our friends and could be a possible source of income to help people out and, um, and, and do our own auditions. Obviously the yeah. tape that I did for, for this show, this new show that I'm doing national parks, I shot that in my garage. Um, so we're adapting, we're adjusting, for sure. for we're figuring sure. it out. Now, when it comes to personal life, like, you know, you trim the fat, like there's a lot of friends that you don't miss. <laughs> There's a lot of places that you used to go to that you don't miss going to. Yeah. You do miss interactions and coming together. And, you know, I turned 40 in COVID and like couldn't have a big old 40th birthday party. But, but I had a small get together with really close friends and everyone got tested and all of the things. But certain things are really, really nice. You really yeah. start to connect with people in a different way. Technology, like you get things done in a more efficient way now, and you can kind of have more choice in how you want to spend your day. So I think that the world kind of needed a shakedown, a shakeout, mm -hmm. or a, 
a cleansing. Um, a pause button, yeah. Yeah, a pause. I do think that we we needed it. And, and like I always say, like, I think it's even my, my bio on Instagram or whatever. I'm like, what a time to be alive. <laughs> because it really is, you know? I mean, coming yeah. from, a, that's what I, I remember before the internet, you know, when I still have my little AOL account, you know, I remember getting that and like, so Waiting it is very for it cool. to boot up. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, um, and chat rooms and stuff and like high school. And, but I also remember the Dewey Decimal System. And, yeah. you know, so it's, it's and, and I remember where I was during 9-11. I remember where I was during the LA riots. I remember, you know, and now I'm going to re- very much so remember where I was during COVID. And um, so it is an interesting time to be alive and 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 with, with all the racial reckoning that's kind of coming to the forefront. And yeah. we're really, really in the season of change. Me Too movement is really changing things for women in, in our business and, and in business in general. So being a working mom and being in this world and in this life, you're like, okay, where are we? What are we doing? And then you yeah. just kind of got to take it day by day. So do you think, because I, I completely co-sign on everything that you just said, but I personally think that if we weren't in this pandemic, I don't know if we would have been having as much of racial recognition as we've been having lately. Oh, no. Yeah, 100%. I think people had time to sit and and be in social media. And the, I mean, that George Floyd video, we've seen many videos like that. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of other people hadn't or hadn't paid attention to it. And so maybe if we weren't sitting there bored with our Netflix accounts, <laughs> bored with life, you know, um, white people, essentially people that are like, wait, oh, yeah, wait, well, didn't we just do a jog for Ahmed Upper Aubrey? Like, didn't we just do it? Wait, didn't it? And you're like, yeah, no, this happens a lot. And you've never really noticed it or you never cared or you've never had the time. Yeah. To let it sink in and to really then see a man you know begging for his life asking for his mother and it's on camera because everybody has a camera in their pocket um I mean Rodney King was a man being beat down by police and that was is that 30 years ago now about yeah, yeah. about 30 years ago now Ooh, aging myself um um I lived in LA I, I'm born and raised in LA so so I was in junior high when all that went down I very much remember that and the riots once he, um, once the men were acquitted. So we've seen this before, but I think that the world with Instagram and with sharing of social media and everyone seeing news feeds and being, and and, and Donald Trump and people being so just passionate and and Facebook about all sorts of things, but sharing opinion, like there's things I know about people and opinions that I know about people that they would never say if we were at dinner together across the table from one another but right. now you know them how they feel and what they comment on and what they we're all connected even though we don't feel connected yeah so there's this yearning that people want to connect or that you feel a sense of brotherhood or sisterhood with people around you and yet you're secluded so you just have your thoughts and your fears and your feelings and and, and yes, I do think that we, we needed this time in order for people to even care, but I still, now people are kind of back to life and are they going to really, you know, now the trial has started. Like I was watching the beginning of the trial for George Floyd today, just a little bit of it, you know? Um, and, and I wonder if people care still now that their jobs are back and they're back to work and And they can have the same distractions. (laughs) Yeah. You have your normal distractions. You're not just and the people stayed home and they, you know. Do you ever feel as a black woman, 
really emotionally exhausted from those images because I always tell, you know, other people of color, like protect your space. Like if you don't want to watch the video, you don't have to watch the video. And I haven't gotten to the point where it really, I don't want to say it doesn't affect me. It always affects me, but to the point where I'm like, cannot look at those images or read any articles about that. I haven't gotten there, but I know so many people have. How has it affected you in that sense? Well, I hear you. I mean, I get exhausted just from the questions that a lot of my friends keep asking me. I'm just like, cannot I, can you Google that? Can you please? <laughs> I'm just, can I? Maybe. Um, but I also, you know, catch, catch me not exhausted. And, um, and I'll answer your questions, of course. I, um, I watched the whole video. Um, not at first, but I, I did. I wanted to yeah. see the whole thing. Uh, I only watched it once. I didn't need to watch it again. Um, just because I wanted to, uh, you know, see the whole thing, have my own opinion on it. But it was the same. You're just watching a man die. It's just not, you know. But I kind of feel the same way about um, slave movies. Like, I was just like, can we, do, can we stop making slave movies? Can we maybe tell a few more stories? Like, it's just torture at this point. Like. Yeah. You're watching, um, you know, so to George Floyd. You're watching this man die. It's just, and 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 I'm not saying you don't need to feel that and you don't need to know that, but we've seen it so much, especially in our community. We've seen it so much, and we, you know, it, 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 yes, yes, I get incredibly exhausted by it all. Um, and then living and working in a in a predominantly kind of white world, society, LA business, you know, you're. I'm many times the only black woman in the room. I'm right. many times the only woman in the room. Uh, you know, it's changing now. I can see it shifting, but there's many times that, or one other black person or person of color comes in and you make eyes with them. Like it's just such a, it's just so, so used to it. So yeah. used to it. And then after the LA riots, after 92, my family, we moved to South Orange County. So I moved into this complete white world. Like I've had to learn how to adapt and adjust and, speak clearly and and not ruffle too many feathers and swallow a couple of comments that are made in the room because you don't want to be that person that is whatever i mean the aggressor even though you're not the yeah, aggressor, the yeah. angle black woman like you just don't you know even though you're just like all right i'm gonna let that one slide you know you just or you try to say something graceful because you also want to take it take advantage of the opportunities that are being presented and 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 there's more kind people in the world than than assholes i do truly believe that i do too i'm with you i just that. feel that a lot of people don't know i mean i've got good girlfriend white friends they're like oh what did you do to your hair and i'm just like oh i didn't straighten it for <laughs> two hours and i didn't you know put some uh, god awful chemical in it to right. you know what i mean i got out of the shower and this is how it grows out of my head. I might put a little product, a little oil, you know, don't get me wrong, but a little clip, a little pen over here. But you know what I'm saying? They didn't know that my hair was curly mm. because I'd worn it straight for so long. And and like, don't get in the pool, don't get in the pool. Don't, you know, like, don't mess up the hair. Like, don't, but just, they had just no concept of, right. and it's not because they are racist, it's because they just don't know, they're in their bubbles, they're in their, so those bubbles are being popped all yes. around me. And now they're like, oh, let me call my one black friend. But then they'll be like, oh, but she's not really black. And then she'll be like. That stuff. Oh. And then, you know, that that kind of stuff where those you're just microaggressions, like. microaggressions, yep. 
but they're not even trying to be aggressive. They're just more like, you're not the black girl I see on TV. You're not the black girl I'm scared of. You're not the one that says something when I say something wrong, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that part's changed. I do speak up a little bit more now, but I think that comes with age. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just not caring anymore, and right? And just not caring anymore. <laughs> and just a little bit of like, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not oh, well, actually it's really the, you know, but I just, I, uh, the generations that had come before me, you know, like we, we share crop the land in South Carolina that we were slaves on. Like I, mm-hmm. we have our, we have the land and the red dirt. Like I know I'm so connected to my history and, and to my, and the, the paths and the doors that have been opened for me because of my great grandmother, because of my grandmother, because of my mother. Like I am now in, I'm now the, in more rooms because they opened the door for me. Yeah. So I'm not gonna pop off the mouth you know, when I, there's other knowledge to be learned and other things to be had. And and then every now and then you can, you can speak your mind. And now obviously it's getting so much easier to be yourself and to say, well, yes, I am actually um, a black woman. Um, I'm (laughs) fully, you know, when they say, well, you're not really black or you're, you're in an interracial relationship or you don't speak that way, or you don't talk that way, or you don't feel like them, do you? And as I am them, honey, I, that is right. me. You know, right. we come in different shades and colors and we speak all different ways. And maybe I speak a little clearer around you so that you can understand me and accept me and not alienate me, that you can get to know me. And then you'd like, oh yeah, I do have a black friend. Even, even if that's me and I'm the only one, but I do want you to understand my life and my experiences and my history, if you wanna know. If, you, yeah. if, if you've ever asked me about my life or asked me about my history, you'll know. That I'm black, you know, you won't think, oh, well, you're not really, like, I'm just like, that's the one where I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I got that my whole life pretty much because I grew up in Santa Barbara and so I was around predominantly white place spaces and white people and, but I grew up in a very, you know, pro-black house, you know? Yes, yes, and, yes, I was like, yes. But we were taught, I know what code switching is and I know that I had to do it because it was a means of survival. It's because the minute survival. you show any quote unquote in their eyes blackness, they're like, whoa, 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 you know, whoa. even if you're just questioning something, you know? And I was gonna ask you because as you were talking, it made me think of the situation that recently happened with Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl Underwood. I'm sure you saw that video. Oh yeah, 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 no, and I, yeah. I, it was yeah. that was extremely triggering for me because I can't even count how many times I've been in that situation. I felt like I had to coddle the person that was actually hurting me in that moment. And I think that people don't realize how often specifically black women are put in that position, especially like in the industry and you're worried about your job or whatever. Like if somebody is attacking you, you actually have to make them feel better in that moment. And you can't even protect your own space and you protect your own heart. No, you definitely have to make them feel okay. I mean, I was with a group of girls that were from from San Clemente, where I where we moved to from from LA, and they're coming up to LA. I'm like, why don't you come to LA? I was like, the freeway works both ways. If you want to come visit and hang out, like you can come up here, you know. But they don't quite. They're so used to speaking in the way that they speak. They're not used to someone saying, you know, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, let me take that back. Let me take that beat back just a second, or you know. I, I just just a few things that I would normally let slide or just because you want to fit in you want to make friends you want to learn you want to um make people feel comfortable you don't want to be the one that's now now 
we don't have her around. She's going to make right. us uncomfortable. Right. We don't have her. And, you know, you want to hang out. You want to be cool. You want to be accepted, especially in high school. If you're growing up in Santa Barbara, I get it. Like, that's very culturally similar to San Clemente. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, 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 wonder, you, know, you know how to go to the beach, girl. You know how to hang out. Like, you do right. know, right. you've learned a few things about life, too. You've been in these rooms that the doors were open for you by yeah. our generations before. Yeah. So you're going to take advantage. You're going to learn. You're going to also not be afraid of white people because you now know more. Right. You know? Um, and so it's just one of those things where code switching or being ad- adapting or wearing your hair straight so that there's not so many questions. Like I wore my hair curly and I get 10 questions and I get somebody touching it. Um, I wear my hair straight and I've down two hours in advance, straightened and fried and done, you know, done all these things to try to fit in and and not that I don't love my hair straight, not that I don't think we can change our crowns as we see fit, but there's days that I just want to get out of the shower and like pin up the and side. Go about your business, right? <laughs> and from a business, like, can I maybe, or like I worked out today, I'm gonna work out, today. like, can I maybe not, you know, spend all this money um, and also damn, and, and, and not be my authentic self. Like, right. when can I just be who I am? Right. Uh, no matter who I'm dating, no matter who I'm married to, no matter what rooms I'm in, can I still be angel? this black woman in front of you, but Angel, the girl that you know, and the girl that you hopefully respect and don't feel other. And then maybe you can learn a little something about me and the way that I learned how to go to the beach with $5 and a bag, you know, and how to last all day from my white friends that taught me how to be a beach girl. You can maybe learn a little bit about black heritage and know what sharecropping is and know what code switching is and know what natural hair is. And if you want to, if right. you want to, if you are at all interested, I'm an open book. Yeah. They just have never really been interested until now they're faced with it. And it's like, oh, you're going to pull the race card. And it's like, no, nah, I'm just going to pull the, I'm not going to let that brush off so easily card. Yeah. That's more what it is. You know, right. I definitely want to get jobs because I deserve them. I want to go to schools because I needed to get in there. I don't need a scholarship if I don't need a scholarship, but if I earn one, you better pay me. Um, you know what I mean? Like I want to be valued for the person that I am by the content of my character, you know? Um, but we're, you know, there's a little reckoning happening with the young people these days and I'm, and I'm here for it. I'm glad, I'm glad it's happening. Absolutely. I love the, you know, they, everybody calling it cancel culture, but I think it's just accountability and people just aren't used to it. They're just not used to it. Like, oh, I can pop off at the mouth and have repercussions. Like, have, like there's repercussions. Like, I, oh, I can't just say whatever the hell I want to say. Right. I'm like, yeah, well, we can't do whatever the hell we want to do. We can't get too loud in any room. We can't get too, we can't, you know, even sell a little bit of weed. You know, now it's a freak, now it's legal. And now it's like- It's a billion people, dollar industry now. <laughs> oh, taxes. Oh, we bought this road, but this, this school is helping other because of, and then how many men of color are in- three strikes you're out for less than what is like, and that I'm just, so yes, not that I believe in cancel culture. And I do believe that people learn and grow Mm -hmm. and develop life over time. And everyone should have an opportunity to redeem themselves, but you cannot say whatever the heck you want anymore. And I love that. I'm here. I love that too. You can't just, no, I'm sorry. You cannot, boys will be boys. No. No, where are the men? Where are the grown men that don't <laughs> allow other men to do these things to women? What are you doing? What are you? Yeah. Do, why are you behaving this way? And why is it okay with the brother standing next to you? 
that you're going to treat a woman in this way or treat anyone in this way. Like, where is just the, not a male, female, black, white, where is the humanity that, oh, hey, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm sorry if I misspoke. Like, where is that? Where is that? It's missing. It's missing for sure. It's missing. And so now, you know, you got to kind of hit, you know, it always overcorrects a bit. um, And then hopefully we land somewhere meet me in the middle, you know? Right. Right. Um, So one of the things that we have in common, of course, is that we're both in interracial marriages and, you know, I've dated all races in my life. And the person that I just happened to fall in love with and have been with for the last decade is a white man. And, you know, I've, I've definitely gotten, I think social more comments on social media than in person, because everybody with two thumbs think that they can say whatever they want to people. Right. But I'm curious how you've, you know, had any response towards your interracial relationship, even from the black community, from the white community, from any community. And have you ever been, because this is something I get common, that it's impossible for me to be pro-Black while being with a white man. Have you ever had that response? Yes, very much so. Yes, yes, yes. And Which I think is a load of crap. It's not true, because yeah, you're basically I mean, saying who I'm with is my identity, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I get I get it. I get it. And then, and then, you know, even I've heard, you know, from Black men that are just like, why'd you give up on us, girl? Like, why? Like, you're you're yeah. you're you're a good one you're one of our dimes you are you, you know you you gave up on us and I was like where were you <laughs> that's what I'm saying <laughs> I mean I I didn't seek out I'm gonna marry a white man exactly that, that is not what happened and um and it, and it comes with its own challenges and raising biracial children and mm-hmm. you know um my husband was from st louis he was lower middle class grew up in black culture and so he wasn't afraid to come talk to me he was like hey girl hey you know so he and he was funny and he was cool and i fell in love with him same deal yeah. so yeah um which so it we- really is that simple and i wish people would realize that like you just fall in love with who you fall in love with. Yeah. And if you're talking and you connect on other things and we were both actors and we were in the same acting school and we were, we were cool with each other and we had many things to talk about, but then it's funny. Cause then I go hang out. I'm the LA girl, I'm a California girl. And then I go to my family, we have family reunions every year. We're very connected to our, to, like I was saying, and you know, big family reunions, matching t-shirts, like the whole bit um, in my family. And so, and it's a lot of East coast and mainly in the South, mainly South Carolina all over but you know it's like the cookout the barbecues the thing and it's like my husband being from st louis and like budweiser and barbecue and baseball games and stuff like he gets along with my family <laughs> more than that. like the la girl who's like i'm at the <laughs> beach and i'm doing yoga and i'm gonna you know <laughs> take a hike over here <laughs> so it's really funny how culturally certain things actually meet in different ways, you know, but, um, yeah. but no, my family has always been really open and supportive. There were probably a couple little comments here and there, like on his family, a couple little tiny comments here and there, nothing too major. I mean, God help him with with Facebook now. And you start to hear more things with family and more right. articles that they're posting. And I'm just like, all right, I, I was like, I've loved you for, you know, my husband and I've been there 20 years. I was like, I've loved you for a long time. I do not need to know this about you. I do right. not need to, because, and having conversations, having tougher talks and like, oh, well, but one one family member said, but you're but you're a good one, you know, which I just said that a man, a black man said that to me too, but mm-hmm. he was like, but, but he said it in a different way. He of goes, course. yeah, but you're, you're a good one. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. 
<laughs> well, it's funny when a brother says it, he goes, you're our good, you're our dime, you're our, you're our, yeah you know, it's funny it's so. a completely different meaning yeah well, it's a completely different meaning but it's still yeah, yeah. the same you know so it's yes it's complicated um I'm not going to apologize for my family though and I'm not going to apologize for my man um but yeah you get looks I remember going to the mall in South Carolina I remember one like old auntie like older aunt from from a generation two generations like my grandmother's cousin like two, two generations up and we were gonna she goes you're gonna go to the mall together and, and then you know she like be careful like like holding hands like inner like yeah. they still don't mix as much in certain parts of the country and it is a little bit different and which is not surprising considering that loving was 57 years ago yeah like, yeah I just watched I just watched the movie again not um, that long not that ago. long ago that was illegal to be married but I remember being in San Francisco at the wharf with Eric once and he was walking we were just I don't know like not completely like not hugged up not and at the time, Eric had a shape, had a buzzed head, just like he would always just buzz his head. And that was his look, especially in the summertime, he would just buzz his head. But some skinhead dude thought that he was in the brotherhood, mm. kind of brother, and walked up to him and was like, can you believe all these fucking, you know, niggas all around? And Eric was like, whoa, 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 you're just talking like that in the streets, huh? You're just out here with it. Oh but he thought gosh. that he was seeing a brother, right? brother, and then Eric just like came, he's like, yeah. And we were with the kind of a group, a very diverse group of people. Cause we were all out in San Francisco visiting, drove, drove up from LA. And it was just like, oh, there's just racism out in these streets. And they're in a way that I, I've never seen it. I mean, you get these microaggressions, you get the, you know, in school and awkward. And like, I can't date, like I got, a, I got my own stories. Right. But where it's just like a straight up, look at these niggas in the street. Like I, that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, I thought we were in California, but people are- There are know. pockets in California that are something oh, else. <laughs> yeah, there's whole counties yeah. that are, uh, you know, uh, 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 huh. you yes. just know more about it now. Like right. you never, you never kind of hear it to your face and people are just more bold. I will not be silenced. I will not be silenced. And I'm like, you need to shut up. Like you don't need to be out here talking. Like you, why? Who are you talking? Why? Why are you so angry? Just angry. Angry, and like everybody else is to blame for your life, and like they're taking our jobs. And I was like, where are you trying to work? Why don't you? You know, like you know, the funny thing about that though is those are the same people that say that white privilege doesn't exist. But it's like if you don't think that white privilege exists, then why are you upset that other people are getting these things? That means you're saying that you deserve this. So that it means no that there's sense. white privilege. You you're telling on yourself. <laughs> you can't even make sense of it. It makes no sense. Um, so that's why I don't. You know, I'm not saying that it's not painful when like black community or someone is like, ah, black love. Like you're not, you know. You know, and, I, and yeah. even my son is a biracial son, but I want, I, I want him to go to an HBCU. Like, I'm like, hey, why don't we check For out sure. these schools? Why don't we do these things? And, um, and he's, a, he, he looks like me, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, got coarse hair like me, you know, he's, you can, a, a black person knows that he's mixed, but a white person thinks that he's black, right. white and black, you know, I mean, we'd be right. like, oh, he's mixed. He got some, he got something in him, you know? <laughs> So in terms of how you're raising your children, what, how are you raising them in terms of identity? They're mixed race. Mom and dad, mom's black, dad's white. You're both. But you, the world will see you as a black man. Yeah. You yeah. are a black man. Like I've had conversations with him starting at nine years old about how to behave and how to be and um, how to speak to police and how to yeah. avoid confrontation and how to deal with certain situations just for your own safety um I don't want you with a knee to your neck you know 
begging right. me and not coming home. Yeah. Like you come home alive. That is the whole thing. You do not argue. You do not steal because you can steal a little stick of gum just to feel what that feels like. But the, the white boy that you're with is going to be off in no time and you are going to not. The rules are different for people that look like us. Yeah. And yeah. We are raising you in sort of not colorblind. I don't believe in colorblindness because I love to see all colors. Who wants to be colorblind? Right. I don't agree with it either because I, you're taking I away somebody's identity by saying you're yeah, colorblind. Yeah, yeah. But we are exposing him to so many different cultures and so many different things. And we live in a black neighborhood, but we are very much in a white world. And he goes to a nice private school and he's, you know, he's got more opportunities. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. opening doors for him. Yeah. You know, the doors that were open before me, we're giving him even more, like, I don't have a college degree. I don't have a master, you know, like I didn't get that far. Um, I mean, I've gotten, I'm, I'm good, but like, I now I'm like, no, you get, you know, you, there are, you have more options than I had and, and please use them wisely, but yeah. yes, be safe. Yes. No, not, you know, like he's in situations like you're at the Grove or whatever with your buddies and stuff starts. I'm like, you get out of that situation. Like you don't, I've taught him how to be a black I mean, age appropriately, you know, he's only 15 now, but like starting at around eight or nine, it's like, this is the way that you behave and yes or no, sir. When you're, you know, you, you don't, you can't afford to argue with police as a black boy in America, you you can't do that. So he knows those rules. So when you ask my daughter, my daughter's nine, she's she's nine and she's younger. And so we're Mm -hmm. just sort of now learning. She, she says that she's black and white. And so she's gray she's a gray cat um she thinks she identifies with being a kitty so we're 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 in, we're in more imaginative discussion yeah yeah <laughs> she's, a, she's a russian blue cat right now Aww. um but she does understand that she's black and white and I, yeah i think for me it, it's it's the same you know we all know that the one drop rule wasn't created by the black community but that's what it's going to be when you go out into the real world you know yeah. She'll never, my daughter will never deny her father, but you are a black woman when you walk out of the house. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. So it's, it is a different set of rules and, um, but you don't want to deny your daddy, you know, like ever, ever. And that's, that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Okay. So I want to shift gears before we wrap up, because I wanted to ask you, cause I know you were so proud of the roles that you were, you were getting recently. And, you know, you've been in the industry and for such a long time, do you feel that you're at a point in your career that you can say no to a role if you don't think that it represents something that you believe in, in terms of blackness? Ooh, good question. Um, well, not quite yet. Cause my pocketbook needs to be lined. A little bit more. Um, <laughs> You got to eat. I get it. When you're talking about choice, (laughs) but, um, but, but yes, I do. Um, I, I don't do nudity. It's just not even an option. Uh, not, no judgment on that, but it's not right for me. Not right for you. Yeah. Um, and so there's certain things that I will not do. Uh, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine last night who's Afghan and she had to say something, some line a few years ago and was like, I cannot say these words. Like it was something disparaging the men of her, of her culture. And she's mm. like, I can't, I can't say that, you know? And at that point, that's four years ago, five years ago, it became being difficult, you know? Like yeah. it would be like me saying, I, I don't want to misquote her. So it would be like, if I had to say a role, like, you know, I can't, I can't be with black men. They're, they're they're trash. They'll, they'll rape you and rob you and leave right, you, anything you know, like something that, yeah. like that, where I yeah. would be like, I can't disparage yeah. a black man in that way. Like, right. I don't want to say that. I, yes, hundo, I would not 
say words like that. And, and yes, I do. Luckily, the path that my career has taken, I'm always kind of playing educated women. I'm always kind of playing a woman of status, a woman that's, I mean, I don't have a college degree, I already said, but a woman that usually, I mean, usually I have to look up every word in my auditions and <laughs> figure out what where I'm at. Play a lot of lawyers, play a lot of reporters, play yeah. a lot of um, scientists. And now I'm an analyst. Like, I didn't even know what an analyst was. I was like, what's it, what's it, so what are, what are we, I mean. What is she, what is an analyst? I'm like, confirmed, confirmed for the audition. Let me, let me figure out what, 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 what. Um, and then. And then, yeah, I'm always kind of trying to stay on this path. Like, you know, I, I believe in manifesting and I believe in writing things down and I set goals and I pray and I um, have a vision for where I want my life and my career and my family and, 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 and dreams, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and one of the main ones that's very clear is I want to play a, a smart woman on television, a black woman on TV. I wanted to do it with natural hair. I didn't want to be, because um, I'm fair skinned. I got to have the straight hair. You know, I'm like, that's not how it grows out of my head, but it's right. not ever been thought of as professional with the Crown Act. You know, they're now putting in these laws that you can't get fired from working at the bank because you got a little curl to your hair. Because it or grows little... out of your scalp. <laughs> like... Yes, I know. But you know, you know, Black people, we, we will be making some real some statements with our crowns. Um, so I do believe in being appropriate in certain situations, but I also believe that you should be able to, you know, like my son goes to a Catholic school and you can't wear the collar, you can't have hair longer than your collar. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in the military, there are rules, you know, I understand, but there's also texture rules too and certain things, like it's not going to get into your face. They're always worried it's going to get in your face or something like that. So I want to have a woman of color who's fair skin, who's not mixed race. I'm not mixed race. Right. I'm just like got Creole in me, in my line somewhere down the line. You know, there's some mixing somewhere back there, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not like what our kids are black or white, you know, mm -hmm. um, my mother's black, my father was black. And so I'm like, can I be a smart, fair skinned woman on TV that's got natural hair that is not just the best friend to help out the white character figure, yeah. not the one that's just going to tell you like it is, or not just that little side role. Like, can I be the still, can I, can, is that, that's, ha is that happening? That's happening. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And even COVID isn't stopping it. You yeah. know, you're just kind of like, this is my time. Why did COVID hit? Dear God, like why now, you know? But no, there's still, where there's still progress. There's still the show that I'm on now. There's two, two black women. I was like, there's two of us, That's two amazing. black women on the same show. Wow. Yes. It's not a black show. Yeah. Yeah. There's two, two Latinos. Like, I'm just like a, a, a woman of Native American heritage. Like, I'm like, wow. let's tell this story. Yes. yes. And it has nothing to do with the storyline. Nothing. That's to do. incredible. A little, a little Native American. There's going to, you know, just because our show set in Yosemite. So they're going to talk a little bit about the land and where it came from a little bit. So I'm actually very excited about that. Um, but other than that, these are just people in this world who knew what an analyst was, who knew what national parks, like I didn't go to that. I didn't do that. You know, now I'm going to be the one telling these stories on TV and there's going to be a little girl, your little girl on watching, you're the little girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watching that and being like, oh, I could do that job one day. I could be, I could wear my hair like that one day. You know, yeah. when you talk about representation matters and it does. It really does. You do need to see it to believe it and be like, oh, I could do that one day. Yeah. I never even knew certain jobs, lives existed. Like that's another reason it's nice to be on the other side of that curtain growing up in Santa Barbara, growing up in San Clemente a little bit. I'm like, oh, people live in these worlds and they're not afraid. And mm. these are opportunities. Oh, oh, you there's a place called the Hamptons. What are you with Connecticut? Who? What? Like there's places. <laughs> 
sorry, I'm getting a little heated, but no, but I get it. And that's why representation matters so much. It really it's does. Exactly it's also learning from different people and learning from different immigrants and even in white people. And you're like, oh, you're not afraid. You're not, you're not uncomfortable here. Yeah. And that's yeah. what that looks like. Like there's so many times that I'm so uncomfortable. I'm just like, be cool, be cool, be cool. You know, now I'm, you know, grown, more grown, but like, where you just like, just fit in, just, just don't make any waves and just learn, you know, just be cool. And to actually people that actually are cool and they're just like, yeah, yeah, no, we, we're, we're the, like the, not the fear and that's yeah. generational. And that's, um, you know, what it would privilege. That's all these things. Um, and I'm privileged too. believe me, I've been able to see, go through more doors than people, than other people mm-hmm. uh, that, that look like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm not gonna waste it or throw away my shot, you know, to use Hamilton. Yes. I'm not going to, like, I'm like, no, I've got opportunity. I'm not going to mess. I'm not going to be on these sets acting a fool and demand and stuff. I'm going to be the best. And now, granted, as you know, we have to work harder. We have to be better. We have to be stronger. We have to be smarter. We have to do it more. The whole we checklist. Fail. We <laughs> cannot, we cannot get canceled. Like there's no room for error. And then yes. And I teach my son that a bit, you know, you don't have as much room for error as other people do, or as opportunity, you know, you can't get the lawyer and the bail money and the this and the that, like, what are you doing? Or you won't get invited back next time. Even if right. it's something smaller, like the friend group, the brunch group, you know, you, you say something too much. They're not going to now granted nowadays. I'm like, well, I don't want to be friends with you anyway, <laughs> but you know, when you're in high school and you're just like, I just want to, I just want to have friends. Like what, what do these friends do? Which honestly led me to theater. That's how I ended up becoming an actor. I was in San Clemente, not, not fitting in real hard to fit in. Yeah. Um, especially people that have been in a small town and known each other their whole lives. It's a little bit of that. And then we had military kids, base kids from Camp Pendleton. So that was the people of color, but I wasn't military. So you just like, I'm just, where do I? And then you're like, oh, the theater people, there's my people. There's the the accepting artists, creators, the, right. the, the weirdos, you know? Which is the that beauty of arts, the beauty of the arts. Of each other and like, we're just all, big, you know, trying different styles on, trying different personalities on, trying different, you know, roles on, listening to different music, hanging out, you know, creating together, having yeah. fun together. And that's funny that that's then how I became an actress. If I hadn't moved out of LA, I wonder if that would have actually been my path. I wonder. Where I, and, ended up. I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. It sounds like that's what your path was supposed to do. So that's pretty amazing. But let everybody know where they can follow you and what you have coming up next that we can see you on. Yeah, yeah. So I am um, I'm Angel Parker, pretty much on all platforms. On Instagram, I'm Angel Parker LA. But Angel Parker on there, she's cool too. I follow her. <laughs> Someone got my name first. <laughs> she's living her best life in New York. I'm like, hey, Angel Parker, can I, I get my that. name? No. Um, but no, so I'm Angel Parker LA on that. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this pilot right now for ABC called National Parks. Hopefully we get picked up a series and you see us representing analysts and ISV agents in Yosemite um, in the fall. So hopefully that's something. I also recur on The Rookie, which is on ABC as well. Uh, they're doing a really good storylines right now with Black Lives Matter and the police and reform. And um, I play the captain's wife on that. Um, and just sort of talking about some some big issues for, for a show like that. So yeah, awesome. that's another thing that's happening. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners, make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. All right. Thanks, Lynn. Bye.